thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. Yeah, I'm wielding a gavel, people. <laughs> Happy Monday! Hey, court session, people. Yeah, it is. We had a judgment that came down. Some atheist complainers lost. <laughs> they totally lost. Ah, and yes, we were going to rejoice because they lost. <laughs> Hey, happy Monday, everybody. I am your sweet and lovable host. Yes, I am. See, it says so. Right down there. Anyway, I want to welcome you to our show. I hope that uh, you have an hour to stick around, be with us as we discuss some news, show you a goat, you know, and uh, talk about some other fun stuff as we embarking on this March 25th episode of Bible News Radio. Of course, as always, I have to thank my beloved man, Bareface. Not his real name, but gotta thank him for producing the show, making it look super good with all the graphics and transitions and all that stuff. So thank you, Bareface. Um, You're not on yet. I know, I know, I'm not on because because um, it's it's darker outside, and so I had to adjust the uh, exposure on the camera. Yeah, here I am. Doesn't he look cute? Something like that. One of these days, we're actually going to get a green background, you know, behind me, so you don't have to look at my closet door, because if you're wondering, that is a closet door. We are actually broadcasting out in a spare bedroom that we've converted into a, well, I guess it's a studio. You want to call this a studio? <laughs> I don't know if it's really a studio or not. But also, I have to log into Twitch. Right now, so I should do that. My Chrome browser keeps giving me the spinning beach ball of Mac Death. Alright, let's see if we can get in there. There we go. So I see TR Fun Guy and Melanie over on Periscope. Yep. I don't know if anybody else is anywhere else. <laughs> but the good news is. You will be. You're somewhere. Wherever you go, there you are. Don't ever forget that. All right. Uh oh. Okay. Good. Like that. That's it's almost over. And that is our three minutes of opening music. All right, people. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and turn that down as well. Because you never know what can pop up and start to play on the computer. All right. Okay. Hey, I hope you guys had a good weekend. Uh, I did. I had a great weekend. I don't know about you, but I went ahead and... Um, did I play pickleball? I think I did. Did I? I did. I played pickleball on Saturday. You don't remember. Yeah, I did. Glad that you remember. I did. And then, 
And then what I did was I went and saw my friend Kim's goats, you know, Stormy, the, the loser in our, I mean, the runner-up in our... In our runner-up, uh, there you go. <laughs> but, but, you know, there may be um, some sort of lawsuit filed or something because, you know, the winner doesn't actually live in Spring Hill, so... True. The, the winner the lives goat in Columbia. to be the mayor of Spring Hill, I don't know what the residency requirements are for candidacy, but... Well, I figure in this case, we will go ahead and make an exception. Because after all, it is only a fake animal mayor of Spring Hill. Not a real one. They're not real animals? Well, they're real animals, but it's a fake office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On this little internet radio show. <laughs> hey, if you don't think your vote matters, just saying. You know, 17 people voted in this contest. I think it was. Yeah, it was 11 to 6. So, hey, 17 votes was a good vote, just so you know. Yeah, it was. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, on Friday, we went ahead and we had a runoff between Stormy and Pip. And Pip was the projected winner. Now, um, there's something I want to point out on this graphic that we didn't realize, um, you know, which, which may also disqualify Pip as a winner. And that is, see, Pip is the one wearing clothes and it says winner above it. But do you know that Pip is wearing a diaper? Yep. If you look really close at that picture, <laughs> Pip has got a diaper on. Yep. That's right. So Pip may have, may, may have been too young to actually win <laughs> the contest because of age requirements. <laughs> Anyway, but but wait, there's even more. So over the weekend, we went to my friend Kim's house, <clears throat> and we are, or do you have it ready? Yeah. Okay. We thought that we would show you our interaction with Stormy, the vice goat, the, 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 the fake vice mayor goat of Spring Hill. Uh, anyway, Kim was gracious enough to let me go out to see Stormy the Little Goat. And by the way, Stormy the Little Goat is only 10, and, 10 weeks old, so it's just a little week. So we thought it would be, it would, uh, it would be um, you know, fun to show you the video of me and, me and my, like, natural state. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we'll go ahead and get to some of the more serious news of the day. You know, just saying. So, all right, go ahead, roll that bean footage, mister. I don't know, is this thing on? Is this on? on? I think it's on. With great care. Yeah, hi, everybody. Okay. I've, I've seen it very slowly. We are here at Kim's goat farm. It's like it better be Kim. an extremely valuable Wait, house. hold on. We should <laughs> find We should find the, um, wait. Great. I can't see. I can't see it. Is this for your website? No, probably. No, we're on Facebook. Oh, okay, Kim. So, this is your farm. Your goat. I came down here to... Honorary tap your goat as, okay. as vice fake vice mayor fake. of uh, animal of of Spring Hill. Spring Hill, yeah, yes, that's right. Yes, yes. So where is Stormy, we have to go find Stormy who, who lost? I know in a landslide. No, it was eleven to six. That's, <laughs> that's why I said I should have gotten my friends. Yeah, so, y'all can come on down yes, here. Yes, I'm going to tag you in this. Kim is from right, Tennessee originally. You, you can note her southern accent and her okay. language, y'all, and we're all on, that we're stuff. We're on the I don't beat do here. <laughs> Look how big this place is. It's a beautiful day here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. If you don't live here, you should come and live. I think live that's here. Nike. Have to see 
I can't see comments. Hello, if you're Casper anything, Garrett. Nice to see you, Mia, Gina. Come on in. Got a beautiful dog there. Look at that other dog right there. Uh huh. And here's the, all the goats. Yeah. It has about 24 because goats baby on her goats. farm. Hey, look at you. Hi, beautiful baby boys. They hear the goats. All right. Look at the goats. Aren't they awesome? Goats are biblical people. <laughs> I don't know how clear this is coming in, Kim, but we'll see. Okay. Right? Hold on just a second. Let me get back and get in. We can stop oh, it after him? we get yeah, right the, the goat, too. Oh, is that him right there? Right here. Ah, we see the vice vice goat. Okay, we're coming up on the vice goat here. Meanwhile, we <laughs> meanwhile we have to see this goat. Aren't they beautiful? They are. Look at these animals. Can they hear me? The sheep uh, and the goats. They should be able to. Okay. Look at that. Look at this one scratch itself with his horn. What are you doing? Hi. Or, is that, is Don't that bite me. This isn't okay. my first time. Oh, you give me kisses. With That's a goat nice. touching me. Just so yeah, you know. Beautiful, beautiful I wasn't animal. even scared. Okay, here. Ah, the vice mayor. Well, it's the fake vice mayor of Spring Hill. Here we go. Wow, you're littler than than I thought you would be. Oh, congratulations. Say thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see, I see the nip. Thank you. Aw. What are you doing? What yeah. a beautiful goat. Oh my god. He's just All right, I'll let you down. Okay. Here we go. He's like, yeah, I am. I'm the most awesome goat ever. <laughs> and who is this little one here? That's that's Sansa. Oh, okay. that's the one with the different name, huh? Yeah. Who's well, a boss? That's her mom. That's his mom, okay. probably. Wait a minute, though. You're going to end it? this one? Yep. Uh, if you like well, me too. Yeah, we don't need we saw Stormy. So that was Stormy people. They can turn their neck. Yeah, it was. Oh, oh yeah. That was Stormy that the goat. Works. That's pretty. Yep. Stormy the cute little goat. Wasn't that cute? Yeah. It was it was kind of it was kind of cool. It was my first time like being around goats and stuff and goats are cute, just so you know. Anyway, that was for fun. Hopefully hopefully you enjoyed that. <clears throat> Okay, the other thing I want to remind everybody about is this. I want to remind you. Wait, I should sit up straight. I want to remind you that we have a Facebook group. If you go to facebook.com forward slash group with an S, groups forward slash Bible News Radio, you can find our group. Or if you just type in Daily Disciples and make sure that it is our Bible News Radio one, because I think somebody else has something similar, you can go ahead and join it too. Just so you know, there are questions though. Most of you are probably already in it because, you know, you might just already be, be in it. I think Bareface is going to show you what it looks like. That's the plan. Anyway. So in a minute when that gets done, then that is where you can go. I'm putting in, you know, we're, we're interacting in there, you know, putting in stuff and putting in... Um, it's daily disciples, right? A couple of years ago, we did a whole thing about being a daily disciple. I even have a sweatshirt that you, you can buy. I think Mia has that. Where you, I am a daily disciple, which means what? That you're a daily disciple, right? That, that if you are a follower of Christ, the Bible says, and he said to all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and let him follow me. So that's what we're kind of about. So if you're not in our Facebook group yet, right there, See, see how cleverly I did that right there. Then go, go over there. Okay, and then the other thing is, uh, we also 
want you to join our text message list. Okay, and all you got to do to do do that is text the term Bible News to 33222 right here. You can see it right there. Isn't it neat how I, I can do this? Wait, it's there on my hand. Anyway, text Bible News to 33222. You can do that if you're not on the list yet. We're getting quite a few people on that now, which is super cool. Uh, I might have to be cutting back a little bit on sending out text messages <laughs> because I'm running out now because I... I have a lot of people on the list. So here is the thing. Uh, you know, just get on it anyway. Because, you know, you'll you'll get the most important text or whatever. And if I have to upgrade to the $40 plan, I will <laughs> at some point. Okay, so do that as well. The other thing is I want to let you know uh, about this court. Okay, this is our first story. Court denies the atheist uh, complainers who wanted pastors to pay more taxes. Just so you know, I mean, come on, people. If you're a pastor, this is the irony of it all to me. On on one hand, I always see people who complain, you know, uh, you Christians make money and how dare you? You're mer merchandising the gospel, blah, 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 blah. And pastors should not make any money whatsoever because, you know, they're men of God and so blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you got the atheists who want to tax pastors. So this is a story from two days ago, March 23rd. It is over on the Washington Examiner. And this is what it says. It says, last week an appeals court reversed a previous ruling and protected a Chicago-based pastor and other religious leaders around the country from having their parsonages allowance taken away, which would have resulted in pastors having to pay nearly $1 billion per year in new taxes. This will hopefully be the last attempt by the Freedom From Religion Foundation, an atheist complainer group, to sue to have this particular IRS Code 1072 removed. The provision allows churches, mosques, and synagogues to provide faith leaders uh, a tax-free housing allowance to help them live in the communities they serve. FFRF claimed it violated the Establishment Clause. Mm -hmm. In 2016, FFRF first sued claiming the federal tax provision violated the Establishment Clause. Pastor Chris Butler of the Chicago Embassy Church and other religious leaders intervened in an effort to salvage their parsonage allowance. However, in 2017, a district court agreed with FFRF, prompting an appeal from Butler. And in October 2018, the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, acting as attorneys on behalf of Butler, argued 1072 is perfectly constitutional. Of course it is. See, the Constitution doesn't mention anything about it. Right. Last week, the Seventh Circuit ruled that the parsonage allowance is consistent with the nation's lengthy tradition of tax exemptions for religion, particularly for church-owned properties. In a statement, Luke Goodrich, vice president and senior counsel at Beckett, said the tax code treats ministers the same as hundreds of thousands of non-religious workers who receive tax-exempt housing for their jobs. That's not yep. special treatment. It's equal treatment. The court rightly recognizes that striking down the parsonage's allowance would devastate small low-income houses of worship in our neediest neighborhoods and would ca cause needless conflict between church and state. This is good news for religious li liberty advocates and lovers of the Establishment Clause. Not only did the judges rule that the case 
passes both the infamous lemon test and the historical significance test. It's good for practical reasons too. If, if you're, if you're trying to figure out what all that means, click out this nifty video, which we don't have to watch, but you could watch it later if you want. Uh, pastors like Butler do a lot of p public good. He leads a predominantly African, African American congregation at his church and mentors at risk youth helps decrease crime and age Chicago's poorest neighborhoods. Many houses of worship in poor neighborhoods can't grant their pastors robust salaries, so in turn they offer housing allowance. This is common nationwide among, quote, ministers of the faith. Hello, Natasha. This ruling also quashes, at least temporarily, the efforts of groups like FFRF, who are not a bastion for religious freedom, but are instead a thorn in the side of faith-based people, organizations, and whole communities who are trying to help others. It's not so much that they hate the Beloved Establishment Clause, but they don't understand the beauty of it. And thus, they believe everything related to the government and faith entities must be somehow operating in violation of it. It's either willful ignorance or blatant disregard for the Constitution. But either way, their effort, efforts are tiresome, boorish, and this time ineffective. And, and I just have to say one thing here about about it too. The the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which is my friend Dr. Gordon James Klingenschmidt says that he calls them atheist complainers. You don't see them going after mosques, do you? No, you don't. You see them going after the Christian pastors. That's what you see. And I have another story concerning atheist complainers. Also, the Freedom From Religion Foundation. Uh, and this one is uh, atheists demand school censor teachers' private speech. And I'll get to it in just a second. Right now, my computer has the spinning beach ball of death going, and I'm waiting for it to stop so I can actually read the article. <laughs> Unless Bareface wants to read that one, because I have the spinning beach ball of death. My computer has been really acting up. I think it's getting old. I can't. It, Either that or it's it's... Yeah, I, it grayed out again, so now I can't see anything on my screen. I agree with the last uh, reporter there, Nicole. I don't remember her last name, but that yeah, it's getting tiresome. This misinterpretation of the First Amendment, you know, that prohibits Congress in making any law respecting an establishment of religion. What is Christianity establishment of religion? Well, what about Islam? Is that an establishment of religion? What about <laughs> etc. Those aren't those are religions. Are an establishment of religions. Those aren't like uh, you know the Presbyterian Church or the Roman Catholic Church. United, you know the Cong Congress is to make no law respecting an establishment of religion, a particular denomination, something like that, and, and somehow favoring them. Uh, and that's, I mean, the the framers of the Constitution came away from that with the Church of England, where the Church of England was the government, and and like and you know they basically said not in the New World, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, they saw it in the, in the past, the Middle Ages, with the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, it's not going to happen. Basically, Congress keep your mitts off the off religion and not try to. Uh, you know, promote a particular establishment of religion. And so, as as the article mentioned, there's, uh, you know, mosques, whatever, and even non-religious workers, if there's a, if there's a, you know, historical site, you know, that's 
uh, you know, the home of a past president or something, you know, that's, that's uh, state-owned, it's government-owned, and there's a groundskeeper that lives on the, on the property, and there's, you know, that housing would be tax-exempt, and why not up in arms about that? Oh, well, I have to pay taxes on my property and stuff like that. Well, it's because, you know, it's already being funded. Yeah. And, and I'm up, chur- by the way, finally. All right. And, and, and churches, <laughs> by and large, are not all mega churches and rolling in the dough and, nope. you know, bathing in money and, you know. Now, the average uh, church in America is about 80 people. Yeah. And so. True story. There, there are not finances there to pay a salary of a pastor, let alone pay for his housing as well. And so that's something that's always church-owned property because of those tight finances they've they've always been tax exempt because there's not really income there most of the time they can't even keep up with uh you know just the expenses they have let alone make any kind of a profit so anyway all right i'll I'll shut up and let you get to the next article yeah let me say hi to some people that came in nair came in pastor garrett is in how you doing percy dina i think i already said hi natasha came in nair is there let's see did i already say that i did (laughs) Over there, and I'm not on Facebook or or YouTube or Twitch right now because my computer just crashed. So it's just open to one page. So <laughs> we will go ahead and uh, read this one. This is over on WorldNet Daily. It's titled "Atheists Demand School Censor Teachers Private Speech." All right. It says here the atheist activist group Freedom from Religion Foundation (FFRF) for short is demanding that a school district in Texas, Texas, censor private comments made by its teachers in their off hours. The nonprofit First Liberty, however, is advising that the district, quote, to simply ignore this unfounded complaint and recommit Greenville ISD to the protection of the private speech of the citizens it serves, unquote. The atheist group was reacting to two school employees, Chip Gregory and Principal Dale Mason, appearing... Seriously? Chip and Dale? <laughs> You're out of order, mister. (laughs) Yeah, interrupted me by making that bad joke. (laughs) Now, if you're really good, you'd like be throwing up like Chip and Dale, like the cartoon right now, but anyway. Yeah, I could. (laughs) Like, I I could locate those and. and So now we. composite a shot. We've lost the seriousness of this now. Okay, anyway. Uh, it's just you and me, you know. I know. We don't All have right. this room I'm... full of I know. media specialists. Right. Back right. to you. Let's say this again. Okay. You ready, people? Okay. Let's do it. The atheist group was reacting <laughs> to two school employees, Chip Gregory and Principal Dale Mason. <laughs> appearing in the video endorsing a Christian organization called the Men and Ladies of Honor. FFRF condemned, quote, unconstitutional religious promotion, unquote, by school employees. We write to ensure that the district ends all such unconstitutional practices and brings the Men and Ladies of Honor groups into compliance. Constitutional practices. FFRF threatened in a letter. First Liberty, which just 
defends constitutionality, protected religious rights, suggested a simple response. Ignore FFRF. Yes, that's right. Opponents of religious liberty are trying to censor religious expression and prevent private citizens from exercising their religious beliefs outside of school, said Jeremy Dice, Deputy General Counsel to First Liberty Institute. Public school employees are absolutely free to exercise their religious liberty rights outside of school. Hmm. If school officials receive an angry letter from activists with such baseless legal claims, they should just ignore them, he said. First Liberty explained that in their free free time, Gregory and Mason, or as Randall pointed out, Chip and Dale... <laughs> volunteer in men of honor and ladies of honor programs recently the two appeared for less than two minutes in a much longer promotional video produced by a private organization and pushed by a private citizen on a website over which green greenville isd has no control first liberty explained ffrf was demanding the school district investigate take down the privately produced video from a private website they do not control and instruct Gregory and Mason to stop participating with this private organization. They, they're trying to get, okay, pay attention. They're actually trying to get these people to stop volunteering for this, this organization they don't like. And think about the ramifications of that. If this actually becomes something that these atheist complainers like get to do, they will try to like, well, you know what? You can't pastor that church in your spare time. You know, who are you to go over to, Awana Club, just as an example, like like they could tell me, you know what, you can't, you can't volunteer at Awana anymore. I'd be like, what do you mean I can't volunteer at Awana? My kids are awesome. You gonna say something? Uh, yeah, I mean, if it's yeah. okay, well, if, if school employees can't participate in a volunteer organization on time, well, I'm sorry, teacher, you can't you can't go volunteer at the local animal shelter. Because, you know, your students may not like dogs or cats, and you're promoting dogs and cats by doing that off your off time. Hey, you know, janitor at the school, principal at the school, you know, office <laughs> clerk at the school, whoever at the school, you can't do anything, and you're you're out, you can't volunteer anywhere, you can't state any opinion, take any worldview, state anything anywhere outside of a school, that might offend someone at school. Yeah. You know, that's... that's. Yeah. To me, I mean, if, if they won, that would be the precedent set. Because how could you argue? If they cannot speak on a video, volunteer from so, for some private organization, mm. you know, by what means can we say that, you know, this other teacher, the principal, or the school counselor can't volunteer at the animal shelter or... You know. Yeah, it's true. Well, the team argued that in their free time away from school and school events, school employees are free to involve themselves in religious activities, people. Just so you know. It says here, the letter explained, given the prominence of the private organization's logo before and after the video, along with the description of its work throughout... The posting of it by a private individual to Facebook and YouTube and the use of personal pro pronouns by Gregory and Mason. No reasonable person would review the video and possibly conclude that this privately produced video is the speech of Greenville ISD. First Liberty contended it is private speech subject to the full protection of the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Further, if the district were to submit to FFRF's demand, it could be sued. 
Yeah, could. In mm-hmm. fact, the school district should do nothing. If Greenville ISD were to take any action to discipline either gentlemen or to remove the video from private distribution, it would likely constitute unconstitutional viewpoint discrimination and subject the school board to suit. Such actions could be considered hostility to religion, which is unconstitutional, people. So ruled First Liberty. We're glad that per, like organizations like First Liberty exist because they actually do come to the aid of people just like this who are minding their own business and the atheist complainers, they come in and buzz around them like a bee just trying to irritate them. I mean, seriously. That's all these atheist complainers do. They just send out letters everywhere and they threaten, threaten, threaten. And fortunately, thank God, I do mean that literally because God exists and we should thank him. Um, a lot of places like school boards and things like that, they are now actually they're looking at these letters. They're crumbling them up and throwing them away because the, the, the threat is, is ridiculous. You know, you look like the devil said Krennic. Ah, well, you know, the devil is beautiful, just so you know. (laughs) Anyway, so that is actually, um, you know, kind of a good thing, but the the atheist complainers are, well, they're just that. They're complainers, (laughs) and it's so sad. It makes me cry sometimes. All right, so I got one one other story here, and then we're going to go and get, we're going to take our little break. Um, the one for the NBC about the Methodist Church. You guys know that we talk a lot about the homosexual lobby on this show, you know, and I just want you to know that uh, this article is from NBC News, and it's titled LGBTQ. You know, it's interesting talking about language, you know. It used to be just LGBT, right? Lesbian, bi, uh lesbian, gay, bi, bi, transgender, right? Now now they add the Q on there, and sometimes they actually add other stuff. And it's really amazing how long that's getting. But anyway, LGBTQ United Methodist leaders gutted by church's anti-gay decision. Or let's say, uh, you know, they, they were kind of like biblical. <laughs> the United Methodist Church recently strengthened its ban on openly gay clergy and same-sex marriages. It says here, when the Reverend Mark Thompson resolved to come out of the closet more than a decade ago, he was 50 years old. That Thompson was a pastor of a United Methodist Church in Lansing, Michigan, with a wife and three adult children, but he had reached a spiritual impasse in which he could no longer deny his true identity. The year was 2008. He said some church leaders were supportive of of his coming out as gay, while others encouraged him to remain in the closet. In order to continue his ministry, he took a vow of celibacy to operate within the limitations of acceptable behavior dictated by the United Methodist Church's Book of Discipline, which, you know, apparently isn't the Bible. Just so you know. After he retires in 2020, Thompson said he hopes to eventually marry a man with whom he can share his passions, love, and interest for the remainder of his life. All right. Now I have to stop right here and make a comment before I even read the rest of this. Okay. So here is a guy, right, who is spiritually confused at the very least. He's very deceived, by the way, who destroyed his own marriage and also uh, caused problems no doubt with his children 
that, uh, you know, that he had as a result of being married to this woman, right? This is what people don't talk about, right? They don't talk about the, the consequences of somebody so selfish like this guy coming out and deciding to ruin those people's lives. You know, and to me, that's not love. Just so you know, that is not love. This guy married a woman. He should remain committed to her the rest of his life. If he didn't feel like he could have done that, he should have never married her in the first place. So he is actually not only selfish, but he's a liar. And some would say, you know, Nor... oh, he's just self-deceived. You know, he was trying to get it. He was trying to repress his feelings, blah, blah. So he tried it out and it didn't work. But wait a minute. What, three he children? Has, he has three kids. So, I'm sorry, if he just tried it out and it didn't work, then... I'm going to guess that was not just three tries. Well, yeah, just saying. So, you comment. I just did. Yeah. I mean, that's... Uh, <sighs> those of you who know, or <laughs> the know, adults in the know, especially those of you who are in the medical profession, you know, OBGYNs, um, you know, obstetrics and gynecology, or, or you know, or maybe... Um, anyway... You know about human reproduction, and most of the time, you know it's 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 kind of roulette. You know, it, it's a magic moment of, of ovulation, etc. And so, three kids—that's not three intimate counters. I'm going to guess, you know, it's it's dozens of intimate encounters. And so, yeah, it's a huge betrayal to marry this woman. To, to raise three kids and say, oh, my true identity is. Well, Gina, is dis the, Gina disagrees. Mama Gina says, I don't think it's selfish to divorce her if he's a lousy, sinful husband. Mm. Well, I understand what you're saying, but my point is, is that, <clears throat> that there's, there's destruction there that nobody wants to talk about. And this is what makes me bad and some of you in our audience understand exactly what this is like because mm. you've had the similar thing happen to you mm -hmm. uh you know and all that so um so let's finish reading the article it says here i've realized that i'm the type of person that needs to be in a loving relationship with a partner or husband thompson now 61 told nbc news i long for the time when that will become reality for me the loneliness of each day and night is continuing to bring death to my spirit. I remain single so that I can continue to work within the UMC to bring about change. Thompson is just one individual with an expansive, diverse group of LGBTQ United Methodist Church leaders who have made enormous personal sacrifices for their faith. They're, they're twisting up the faith, let's put he and countless others had previously hoped that the vote during a special session of the UMC's general conference last month would change the course of the church's relationship with lesbian, bi, or lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people. The vote, however, not only strengthened the church's ban on openly gay clergy and same-sex marriages, but also increased penalties for future violations. To which I say, well-ordered. Um, Thompson and multitudes of United Methodists in attendance were gutted. I don't know if, I don't know if surprised is the right word, but just continually disappointed, said J.J. Warren, who is 22 years old, whose impassioned speech at the conference went viral. Warren, a student at Sarah Lawrence College in New York, is the process of being ordained as a pastor in the United Methodist Church. I think a lot of people are rightfully responding with a lot of remorse and people are questioning whether they should stay in this institution that has reinforced its conservative policies. 
And what's wrong with conservative policies that happen to be biblical people? Absolutely nothing, just so you know. Warren explained, what I'm encouraging other people to do is stay the course because when we're sharing our stories, we're no longer issues, right? We're people. Well, you're people with issues. That's what you are, but you don't want to deal with your issues. That's the issue. What passed at the special session of the conference is known as the traditional plan. Many progressive United Methodists were hoping for the one church plan to pass instead, which would have allowed individual religious institutions to make decisions about their own policies regarding LGBTQ issues. A third plan, the, the connectional conference plan, received minimal support by comparison. The UMC, that's the United Methodist Church, is the second largest denomination of Protestantism in the world, trailing only the Southern Baptist Convention, which we're concerned about as well, by the way. The church's global reach has molded the governing church body into a culturally rich and expansive institution. While 60% of United Methodists in the U.S. believe homosexuality should be accepted, Americans only make up 56% of the general conference delegates. About 30% of the church's members live in African nations, many of which still consider homosexuality a crime. And if America was sane, we would too. That's probably the most controversial statement of the show. With 864 delegates in attendance, the traditional plan passed by a narrow margin of 54 votes. To see a global body of countries where homosexuality is still illegal... Only vote traditionally by 54 votes. I mean, that's pretty amazing to me, Warren said. The hard part is we're wrestling with being a global entity. So my hope and what we're trying to get out there is that we can continue in this community together and we can continue seeking justice around the world when we're together. And we do that by sharing our stories which some jurisdictions of the UMC, including the Western jurisdiction, which covers a large swath of the Western U.S. and Germany, have stated that they will pursue the One Church Plan and continue to ordain church leaders regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. And it goes on, and it's quite lengthy. I'm not going to read the rest. You guys got the point, though. The point is, you hear what they're doing here. They're actually openly talking about how they are pursuing the indoctrination of the United Methodist Church, and they're trying to sway, using emotion and stories, the policies that, for right now, the United Methodist Church is actually still adhering to biblically. Yeah, they, they, look, they want to see it as, you know, the church is the social club, it's the social construct that, you know, things evolve, just like human beings and sexuality and all those things evolve over time and this this is an organization that needs to have evolved too but fortunately even though by just 54 votes uh still i'm thankful the majority they're not looking at defining themselves by themselves they're looking at defining themselves by scripture you know a, a higher authority imagine that and and so you know, this is, this is, they didn't vote to say gay people suck and, you know, ought to be hung, you know, or burned at the stake or anything. They said, we, as, as this denomination, United Methodist Church, we're not going to, we're going to, you know, hold to a traditional view of scripture as we always have. And... For, for those who don't like that to say, okay, we need to change this organization still. 
So like, we're not welcome here, so we're going to make them unwelcome until we're welcome here. And it, it'd be different if we were talking about service at you know a public place, if we were talking about you know drinking fountains or you know public park facilities or you know fill in the blank, we're talking about a, a fellowship, a freedom of association based on you know an interpretation, a valid one, <laughs> my not so humble opinion of scripture. If, if that doesn't jive with them, there's the Metropolitan Church. There are you know there's the I forget which branch of the Lutheran Church that split off. I can't remember which is which. Which is the, which is the sexual anarchy affirming, and the one that is not. Uh, you know, there's the ELCA, and then there's the. Uh, yeah, uh, Lutheran I, I can't. Church. Re- I can't remember. Anyway, um, but <clears throat> but yeah, you know, if th- there there are plenty of there are plenty of congregations or plenty of denominations which celebrate. Yeah. That sort of lifestyle. Natasha said it's the ELCA. Okay. And mid midwasted said Missouri Synod. Yeah. So, anyway, there you know there are plenty of fellowships they can go to that will embrace and but celebrate see, no, that see, lifestyle. That's the thing, as we covered in the marketing of homosexuality to America, our series that's all uh, over on YouTube. I think it's like eight hours worth. That we used their book, their their playbook yeah. on this. As we covered, this is how they do it. This is the yeah, snow no creep of, of, you know, indoctrination. I'm not really trying to advise them on what they should do. Because oh, that's, that's not the end goal. It's not to go right. where they feel most accepted. It's to make others accept and celebrate. Right. And, yeah, and speaking of that, I actually had another article. This is the 50th year of um, Stonewall. Is that right? Yeah. I think that's right. <laughs> My mind, I just turned 50. Uh, yeah, New York City is gearing up to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. And um, I didn't send you the article on that, Randall, but... But, yeah, we'll be definitely talking about this more. But right now, we need to thank Ariel Ministries, which is our sponsor. You guys know that, right? Ariel Rocks. They are a Messianic Jewish Bible ministry that seeks to evangelize and disciple people um, from a Messianic Jewish perspective, right? And pretty soon, Dr. Arnold Fruchtenbaum is going to have a new book out uh, next month. But in the meantime, you guys can go over to the Um. website, ariel.org. And you can get the Yeshua book and anything else there. Of course, we recommend our stuff over on our BibleNewsRadio.com website. You can go there. Go check out our resources page right there. See it? There it is. You can go there. Scroll through there. There's some resources you can get. When you go over and you click through to the Ariel website, if you use the coupon code BibleNews, that will save you 20% on anything that you purchase. See how fast Bareface did that? Is that awesome or what? While you're, why, while you're at our website, though, you can also donate to us. You can become a pillar of our community. Uh, we would love that because we need the support. You know, you guys, we are here five days a week doing our show. And we're also here on the weekend uh, with Randall teaching the Bible to you guys. We're here seven days a week. You know, a lot of people don't do that. This is our call in life. It really is. It's one of my biggest passions in life. I wake up every day thinking about you all. I really do. And I know many of you. And so that's what drives me. 
Um, but we need money to meet our expenses. And so if you guys are being fed by what we do, then do us a favor and donate to us once in a while or become a pillar and donate every month. You can do that over at BibleNewsRadio.com. I will be, um, I'm going to be starting to give uh, some stuff, you know, away. Oops, that I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> for for monthly donations. Um, and and I'm hoping to have some things redone and fixed up in, in hopefully the next month, okay? So if you do that, that would be, really helpful to us. Um, all right. Meanwhile, however, I sell legal protection and identity theft protection. And because of it, I wanted to, uh, read this article. This is, this article is, is indicative of why I do what I do. And honestly, there's really nobody more surprised than I am that I do this now. Cause I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I guess because I am such a person, I, I want justice people for all. Um, and you know, and there's so much identity theft out there. Um, this story really takes the cake and it's a Eureka man admits to faking nurse credentials to work at three St. Louis area healthcare facilities. This is unbelievable to me, but I'm going to read you this article and I have some comments here. Okay. Benjamin David Dan, Dan, Dan man, Danaman, Danaman, whatever. I don't know how to say his name, but whatever. Anyway, he's 37 years old. Of Eureka, pleaded guilty March 13th to federal charges and admitted to fake nursing and education credentials to work at three healthcare facilities in the St. Louis area, the U.S. Attorney's Office reported. Uh, he is currently serving a prison sentence in Illinois, pleaded guilty in U.S. District Court in St. Louis to health care fraud, aggravated identity theft, and Social Security fraud, the attorney's office said. U.S. District Judge Ronnie White accepted the guilty plea and set sentencing for June 12th, according to the attorney's office. Daneman used the name and nursing license number of an actual licensed registered nurse to obtain work in the St. Louis area for Alexian Brothers, Sharebook Village, and the Rehabilitation Institute of St. Louis and the quarters of Des Perez court documents said. Okay, first of all, a nursing license number, right? No doubt it was on some type of medical identification card that this nurse had. If this nurse had ID shield, that would have been monitored, just so you know. Moving on with the article. At the healthcare facilities, Daneman was responsible for day-to-day -day care of patients needing skilled nursing care. Now, this really irks me. I have to tell you, I know one of you in here, I think TR, you're still in here. You, you, you understand this field for sure, right? But this really gets me because my dad's in assisted living and they need skilled nursing people to work with them. And But anyway, but listen to this, it gets even worse. Also in 2017 and 2018, Daneman used the names, social security account numbers, nursing license numbers, and other personal identifying information of several people to rent apartments, obtain a driver's license, loans, credit cards, and insurance. And in at least Kansas City, Chicago, Denver, Conway, New Jersey, Erie, Pennsylvania, and Providence, Rhode Island, according to court documents. Now look here. So he used names social security numbers, license numbers, and other personal stuff, okay? All of that stuff is covered by ID Shield. Um, driver's license, licenses are also monitored. Loans and credit cards and insurance cards are all monitored with ID Shield, my, my service that I, that I use. 
So all of that stuff, if these individuals had had that monitored, then this guy couldn't have done what he did. Now, the interesting thing to me is that, you know, everybody always talks about identity theft. It's just your credit card, no big deal. Credit card companies say, oh, just put a freeze on your credit, blah, blah. But what they don't tell you is it's that's just one. That's one area of getting monitored. It's not all six. It's not all these other areas, plus the dark web and password protection and all this other stuff. But listen to this. It goes on to say, ensuring that our beneficiaries are provided quality care by appropriately licensed providers is a top priority of our office, said Stephen Hansom, special agent in charge of the Kansas City region of the United States Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Inspector General. <gasps> that was a long title. <laughs> Individuals who steal the identity of licensed providers and then seek to provide services to Medicare beneficiaries will be aggressively investigated by our office, Hansen said in a written, written statement. Medicare is another thing we actually can monitor on our thing. If you have a Medicare care card, because it's medical, right? In October, uh, on October 30th, 2017, Daneman used the name of a registered nurse who was licensed in Texas, Illinois, and Nevada on an application with favorite healthcare staffing. He also claimed from May 2011th to June 2017 to have been the clinical director of an Illinois company called Telemedicine, which records, which records rather, show involuntarily dissolved in 2007. So not, a, but it gets worse. He also claimed to have worked as a registered nurse in orthopedics at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in October 2009 to 2011. Favorite healthcare staffing placed him in the skilled nursing section of the Sherbrooke Village facility in unincorporated South St. South St. Louis County where he cared for three Medicare patients on October 31st, documents show. On November 2nd, 2017, favorite healthcare staffing placed Daneman at the Rehabilitation Institute of St. Louis, documents said. On November 9th, 2017, this guy used falsified credentials, educational background, and work history to apply for a job with Des Perez Healthcare LLC. He was hired as an assistant director of nursing, at an annual salary of 68000 bucks, at the quarters of Des Perez, 122-bed nursing home, according to court documents. So he was hired as the assistant director of nursing. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I only know all this because my dad's in assisted living. And if this dude was the assistant director, this means that he ran the place with the director. You know, and and people answered to him as the lead guy. Clearly, he didn't graduate from college or whatever with his own credentials because he's stealing them. Ugh. Anyway, from April 2017 to January uh, 2018, he also applied for and obtained credit accounts, an insurance policy, a car loan, a passport, a driver's license, and a bank account using others' personal information. In 2018, he also rented an apartment in St. Louis Park, Minnesota, documents said. Deniman was arrested February 6, 2018, for trying to use two bogus checks, including one using the misspelled name, Des Perez Healthcare LLC, to obtain cash. More documents said. The documents said a lot. The next day, he attempted to open an American Express account with 30,000 counterfeit checks. And then it says here, he is currently serving a prison sentence in Illinois for a bad check and attempted burglary. <laughs> and methamphetamine, ID theft, uh, theft, forgery, and other charges in Cook County online prison records show. 
Healthcare fraud charge carries a penalty up to 10 years imprisonment and a fine of more than $250,000. Social security fraud charge carries a penalty up to five years imprisonment and a fine of $250,000. Aggravated identity theft charge carries a mandatory two-year period of incarceration and a fine of $250,000. In determining the actual sentences, a judge is required to consider the U.S. sentencing guidelines which provide recommended sentencing ranges. This case was investigated by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and so on. Anyway, so this dude should get at least a minimum of 17 years, according to what I just read there. Hopefully he gets more than that because this guy's a scoundrel. But wait, Stacy, he looks sweet and he, he wants to help people in the nursing. You know, he wants to become a nurse to help people. <laughs> me a break man anyway so and this you guys i know i've said this before you probably get sick of it but this is exactly why i got my dad covered with id shield at 90 years old just saying 18 years sean okay 18 years but still you know i mean you guys look if you haven't covered yourself yet with identity theft protection at the very least 9.95 a month for an individual get it in fact you guys can help me reach my goal this month because I only need one more sale this month to reach it. So if you guys like want to sign up today after the show, get in touch with me because uh, I really need the help. And also you can go there, bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019. You can send me a message through there, um, you know, and then I'll get it. And Or you can contact me directly. Uh, Natasha, actually, I want to thank you publicly for signing up. She just signed up to help me reach my goal. Um, and here's the deal. I'll tell you the truth. The deal, the truth, the truth is I do this because if I get the little bonus that I'm going to get, like it's $125. If I get one more sale, I'll get $125 bonus. That bonus, you guys, helps us big time. Honestly, <laughs> that's why I do it. I mean, we're not like at the higher millionaire club level of legal shield yet. Um, but, but. I am so passionate about trying to get people protected with this service because it works. And we monitor a whole bunch of stuff and have a $5 million service guarantee um, when you get it all hooked up. So consider it if, you know, consider signing up before the end of the month and that will help me in bareface. But even more so, it will help you guys out. Okay. And of course, we have Legal Shield, the, the membership, which is $24.95 a month. Which, by the way, if you get your identity stolen, you're going to need a lawyer, just so you know. Um, I've signed up a couple people that that's happened to, and that's why we offer, that's why these are paired together. So think about that too. We can talk more about that later. Randall? Yeah, this, this article just points out what the, what, what, what the threat of identity theft is. Okay, well, maybe, yeah. you know, he has poor credit. He's got a, he had a hard background, and so he can't get an apartment on himself, by himself. He can't get insurance by his, by himself, etc. So what happens when... He doesn't make the rent on this apartment. What happens when he doesn't make the insurance payment or he smashes the car, he crashes into somebody else on this insurance policy and he flees the scene or, you know, on the job that he obtained with falsified credentials, there's some sexual harassment suit or something like that or he steals, like in this case, he right. forged a check, for, you know, to forged a check for his, from his employer, etc., Fortunately, caught him. This is really fortunate because he's using the social security numbers and the ID of other people, 
you know, there's a really good chance that in those cases, if he flees the scene of, of running the apartment or the insurance policy where he crashes in or he doesn't show up at the job, what are they going to do? Well, they've got a name, they've got a social security number, they're going to come looking for you. If, if or Gina if, says, Gina says, or somebody dies because he can't provide proper care for them, which is exactly which that's, is right. That that's the worst. And he part. doesn't show up. They die. He splits. Well, oh, they've got a name. They've got a social security number. Guess what? You're going to warrant out for your arrest if he's stolen your. Right. One last story, and this this actually, um, when I saw this, I didn't even know this story. Um, you know, and I've been tracking identity theft and the whole fraud issues and stuff from, well, since June of last year when I signed up to, to, you know, to offer this great service. I mean, it's such a value, you guys. It's a complete value. Uh, but listen to this. Bloomberg, which is a website you guys know, has an article today posted Amazon's Zappos rejected by U.S. Supreme Court on data breach suit. Listen to this. This is a very interesting story. The U.S. Supreme Court turned away an appeal by Amazon.com's incorporated Zappos unit, letting a lawsuit proceed over a 2012 hack that exposed the personal information of 24 million customers. The online shoe and clothing retailer argued unsuccessfully that the customers couldn't sue without proof of concrete injury, such as the impending misuse of their information. The suit allowed by San Francisco-based Federal Appeals Court seeks class action status. The rebuff is a setback for business groups, which urged the court to hear the appeal and tighten the rules for data breach lawsuits. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce said companies face similar suits over alleged vulnerabilities in Internet-connected cars, home security systems, children's toys, and medical devices. The factual scenario this case presents, a database holding customers' personal information is accessed, but virtually no identity theft or fraud results. Yeah, yet is an increasingly common one, Zappos argued. The company says only two dozen people have ever claimed their data might have been misused because of the breach. Anyway, it goes on, and, well, I'll just read the rest. It says here, um, a San Francisco-based federal appeals court let the suit go forward, saying the sensitive nature of the stolen data, which included credit card info, left customers vulnerable to identity theft. The appeals court pointed to people who said their email accounts had been commandeered or credit cards fraudulently charged. The suing customers face a substantial risk that the Zappos hackers will commit identity fraud or identity theft, Judge Mike Michelle Friedland wrote for a three-judge panel of the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Lawyers for the customers pressing the suit urged the Supreme Court to reject the appeal. The high court had been holding the appeal while it considered a case involving Alphabet Inc.'s Google unit that raised similar issues. The justices sent the case back to a lower court to consider whether consumers pressing a privacy suit had legal standing to sue. So this is why you need identity theft monitoring protection. Okay. And actually I had another article too, but I'm not going to read it because it's way too long. But, um, <clears throat> You know, I mean, all of our data is out there. If you're on Facebook, you've been breached. I'm just saying, you know, and, and, and like that other story with the medical guy that we just, we just talked about, that's exactly what can happen when your identity and all that stuff is, is, is compromised, you know? And I read an, I read an article that was basically saying, well, 
you know, identity theft protection is blah, blah, you know, you can get it, but you know, don't worry about it because your credit cards are always going to be monitored and blah, blah, et cetera, and all that other stuff. You know what? It's not just credit cards. That's the thing. All, most credit cards have, you know, protection for you. It's not just the credit cards. And that's what I keep trying to get people to understand. It's not your credit cards. Plus, plus what most people say is make sure you check your Experian or, or you know, get your credit report you know, annually. Hey, you know what? With ID, with ID Shield, you get your credit score updated monthly. You can see how it tracks in your mobile app and they actually update, they send you your, your form right there in ID Shield and then you can go click on it. You can look at it yourself. Um, I think it's Experian. But here's the thing. If you freeze your credit, what they don't tell you is you got to pay to get it unfreezed. And what happens if your credit is frozen and you, you need your credit in an emergency? You actually have to call them up and get it unfrozen. And most banks are closed Monday, you know, on the weekend. So if it happens that you need it on the weekend, you're pretty much out of luck, people. Just saying. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, you've been warned. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Uh, Randall, you have any closing thoughts? Nope. No? Really? You have no closing thoughts at all? Well, not in the time allotted. We're already over time. All right. Do we have any comments? We're, we're over time? Yeah, but... It's... Yeah, I just, I just want to ditto what you said. I mean, gr great, your credit card is being mounted. Great, your credit score is being monitored. What about your social security number? What about your passport? What about, you know, if, if someone else goes out and gets a job under your name and social security number, it's not going to show up on your Experian report. It's not going to show up. <laughs> it's not going to affect your credit at all. Nope. And when that person is working in healthcare and kills a patient, <laughs> then... it's it, it can be very scary. Yeah. So, um yeah. So anyway, so yeah, if you want to, if you want to protect yourself, go ahead, get in touch with me, um, and do that as soon as possible. Okay. We are going to be back Lord willing tomorrow afternoon. I'm also going to be doing my get slugged devotional time over on YouTube in a little while. So make sure you go check that out. I might also put it in, in my daily disciples, Facebook group as well. Either way, we'll keep in touch with you. Remember God loves you people. Yeah, he does. Remember, be bold people carry a gavel. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. Yeah, he does.